Good morning, all. Right. Last time I spoke, shared with you a couple of weeks ago. We're talking about how God builds his church, his blueprint for building the kingdom. And uh, where I left things was uh, the necessity for us to walk in humility with each other and to submit to one another if we're going to build the church according to God's blueprint. That sound familiar? Vaguely? All right. So I want to I want to pick up from there this morning and have a look at what humility and submission actually are and what that might look like in the church. That sound like something you might want to have a look at? Is that all right? Well that's what you're getting, so deal with it. All right. Proverbs chapter three. Uh, Verses 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Submit to him. I'm okay with that. You okay with that? Submit to God. Sounds like something you should probably do, right? Okay. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. Do you know who one another is? It's the person next to you and behind you and in front of you. How do you feel about that? Submit. What is submit? Submit is a verb that means to place under can be a confusing word because it's used in different contexts. I don't know if you're a fan of mixed martial arts. If you are, you would you would know that to submit someone, to a submission, uh, might involve either to choke them to the point of asphyxiation where they lose consciousness, or uh, to place so much pressure on a joint that the pain forces them to submit to you. Not what it's talking about in the Bible. So let's put that aside. Submit, even if we put mixed martial arts aside, can have negative connotations for us. It can have this idea of someone forcing their will on us. So much pressure is applied on us that we are forced to give in. Once again, not what it's talking about in Scripture. No one's getting forced to do anything. Submission is a willingness, welling up within us, a heart to willingly place ourselves under another. What does it mean to be under someone? It doesn't always sound like like such a good thing. Surely it's better to be on top. The way the scriptures talk about it, Being on top wasn't usually uh, such a good thing at all. In Scripture, those who had the most authority had the most responsibility. And they were held to a higher account. Hebrews 13, 17. 
Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. James chapter 3 verse 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. And in the early church, almost everyone who had authority ended up getting killed for it. Those who accepted the call to be raised up to lead God's people died for the privilege, painfully. Jesus, Peter, James, Stephen, Paul, they all suffered for the calling of leadership on their lives. God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. James 4, 6. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. James 4, 10. God humbles the proud and he raises up the humble. And he raises some up to positions of authority as part of his blueprint for building the church. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 to 4. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Also, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 8. So even if I boast somewhat freely about the authority the Lord gave us for building you up rather than tearing you down, I will not be ashamed of it. Elders are raised up by God not to boss us around. Not to lord it over us, but to watch over us. Being under their authority means that we are under their care. If you're a parent here this morning, I imagine that you would have quite some insight into this if you consider your relationship with your children. God has placed you in authority over the children that he has given you. Think about what that means in your family. What does that authority mean? Are you their Lord? Are you their master? Are you the dictator in your home over your children? Yeah, you, you might be, I don't know. You are a parent. You are charged with protecting them and clothing them and feeding them and housing them and teaching them, setting an example to them, loving them. And to that end, God will hold you accountable. Parenthood is a responsibility. It's not a title.
and it's the same with the church. God raises up shepherds, leaders to care for the flock under them. But the flock falls apart if the shepherds lose their way, as has happened in in various places. Or if the flock abandon their shepherd, which has happened throughout biblical history. If they refuse to come under their shepherd. In Luke chapter 13, verse 34 to 35, Jesus laments, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is is left to you desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. God sent prophets. He sent judges. He sent leaders to his people to care for them as a hen cares for her chicks, covering them under her wings. But Israel ultimately rejected everyone God sent locked them up, stoned them, and in the case of Jesus, crucified him. Jesus declared God's heart to cover his people under the wings of prophetic leaders. And he keeps sending them to us still, raising them up in the church. And what are we going to do with them? Are we going to stone them? Probably not. We're more likely to just ignore them, complain about them, gossip about them, or walk away from them. And that doesn't do us any good. It certainly doesn't do any good for the church God is looking to build through us. Peter showed us the response that God is looking for from us. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 to 6. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Submission requires humility. You cannot be truly submitted if you are not truly humble. Humility is derived from the Latin humilis, meaning lowly. Humility is the recognition that we are not greater than another. It is the recognition that we need God and we need each other. And humility is very difficult for a lot of us because most of us don't think we need anyone or at least we don't want to need anyone. Self-reliance, independence, these are virtues in our culture. But they are not virtues in the kingdom of God. 
DIY is not a kingdom principle. In so many ways, ways that I work hard to conceal from you, I am weak. I am deficient. I am lacking. But there is so much strength around me. And what I have discovered is that God has not given me everything that I need to grow and to overcome. He has given you everything that I need to grow and to overcome. So that I cannot do this on my own. I cannot be who he is called to be on my own. That is not the way he builds. He has placed the resources, the gifts, the wisdom, the counsel, the prophetic word in you so that I can become who he's calling me to be. When we are humble, we recognize our own shortcomings and our need for help, for support, for intervention. From this heart posture, we can position ourselves to receive the ministry of God that we need from his chosen vessels. That is each of us. True submission requires true humility. If I'm not humble, I can't submit. I can't submit to God or to anyone else. But when I am humble, I recognize that I don't know everything. And some of what I think I know is probably wrong. When I submit to others, I can be taught the truth of God's word. When I am humble, I can recognize that I am not hearing everything that God is saying to me. And when I submit to others, I can receive more of God's prophetic word. When I am humble, I can recognize my brokenness and my frailty. And when I submit to others, I can be comforted. When I am humble, I can recognize my sickness, my infirmity. And when I submit to others, I can be healed. When I am humble, I can recognize the authority that God places on others. And when I submit to them, I can be led into the destiny that God has for me. But if I'm not humble, I cannot receive what it is that God has for me. I can't dictate to God how it is that he will work. God is God and he does things his way. And if I want what he has for me, I've got to follow his way or else I'm going to miss it completely. Some say, all I need is God. I don't need anyone else. And that sounds so spiritual. That's super spiritual. The problem with that theology is that God works in our lives through other people. 
But we don't want to be dependent on people, even if it is God working through them. The antonym or opposite of humility is pride. Pride's a confusing word. It can mean different things in different contexts. You can be proud of your your kids' achievements. That's a good thing. That's okay. I believe God is proud of us when we, we overcome, when we accomplish things for him, when we please him. That's okay. But pride is also not very good. Being too proud to accept help from others, that's a bad thing. And it can have tragic consequences. As was the case with Derek and Jean Randall, who were an elderly couple who lived in Northampton, England. They died alone four years ago in their small Kingsthorpe bungalow, freezing, starved, and dehydrated because they were too proud to accept the help that was offered time and time again by local doctors, social workers, and the neighbors in their community. Are we starving spiritually? Are we morally dehydrated? Are we freezing emotionally because we are too proud to accept the help of our brothers and sisters in our church community? Ask yourself a question this morning. Do you want to miss out on anything that God wants to do in your life? I'm sure you probably don't. But will you be too proud to let him work in the way that he works? And that's through the spiritual gifts with which he's anointed your brothers and sisters around you. You think you need Christ alone? Well, I agree, you need Christ alone. But what we can't forget is that his church is his body. We need all of him. We need his body as well as the head. The church is his body. We are his arms, his hands, his feet, his pancreas. I'm not sure where the metaphor goes with pancreas, but... Yeah, I'll have to think about that and come back with something funny, I'm sure. It's, yeah, you need it, it's useful, You're processing sugars and other things. The truth is we need each other. We need each other to grow into spiritual maturity. We need each other to be built up into the church that God has destined us to be. We need each other to overcome the world. We need each other because the Spirit of God is found in each other. Jesus wasn't too proud to ask for help. You think if if anyone could have been completely self-sufficient, it would be God in flesh. This is the guy who can make gold appear in the mouth of a fish. But he trusted his um, daily bread uh, to God providing through the generosity and hospitality of others. This is the guy who, the night before he's crucified, 
is in emotional anguish. Surely, God, Emmanuel, would be sweet. But no, he called on his friends to come and comfort him and pray with him. He felt need. All the kind of need that we experience, he felt it. And that night, he was not too proud to call out to his friends. So if he can make himself dependent on others, why can't we? When I humble myself and let you in, and let you help me, unity is built. The church is built. This is God's plan. This is his blueprint. All of us working together to build God's church as he works in and through us. I saw two beautiful examples of this over the last few weeks when our Debbie and former elder Michael Hewitson put a call out to friends around the community to come and help them build a deck and finish some uh, house maintenance, uh, respectively. Quite a large number of people answered their calls. And not only was the work accomplished uh, in record time, but both Debbie and the Hewitsons received a blessing of God's love as his people responded to their humble invitation to help by humbly putting aside their own agendas and what they might have done with that time, freely giving that time and labor to help someone else. And what I saw around me and heard in the conversations of those serving on those weekends was unity. I experienced God bringing people together. And although there was a material agenda for those two Saturdays. There was a spiritual agenda paralleling that the whole time that God was accomplishing. So while we were building a deck, God was building a church. Relationally, I was drawn to other brothers and sisters. The conversations we had, we were... We were we were working through together stuff that we'd been hearing and stuff that um, God had been saying to us. I was receiving insight and wisdom from others and I was hearing that happening around me. My love for my brothers and sisters those days was grown. But those testimonies started with someone humbly recognizing they needed help and inviting others to walk with them. And I know that that was particularly hard for Michael, who's a good Kiwi bloke and likes to do things himself. So Debbie got her deck. And that's a nice deck, eh, Debbie? But we're not deck builders. We're kingdom builders. Well, some of us do both. But that's not what we're about today. We are kingdom builders. And while I'm happy for De Debbie that she's got a lovely deck, there are much greater things than this that God wants to do in Debbie's life. 
Will she be humble to allow others to work on those too? Will you be humble to allow God to work through others to build into your life what he wants to build? Will I? God is calling for us to be truly humble. And to that end, we need to be able to identify and avoid false humility. A person with no humility doesn't think that they have need of anyone. A person with false humility thinks they don't have anything to offer anyone. Both of these are a snare and a stumbling block in the church. A truly humble child of God recognizes both their inadequacy and their authority. They recognize what they lack and what they have received from God to share with others. And we have all been blessed. Physically, spiritually, we have been blessed. And it's false humility that tells you that you have nothing for anyone else. That can be just as dangerous. For me to grow, I need you to recognize what God has put on you. And I need you to be generous to share that with me. And I need to be humble to receive. Na tūrauro, na takūrauro, ka ora ai te iwi. With your food basket and my food basket, the people will thrive. There's a lot of wisdom in this whakatauki for us now. With your spiritual gifts and my spiritual gifts, the church will thrive. With the love that God has poured into you, into your basket, the love he has showered upon me, the church will thrive. With the prophetic word that God has spoken to you, the prophetic word that he has spoken to me, the church will hear and will thrive. This is how he works. At the end of the day, it is Christ who we are submitting to. As Paul exhorted us in Ephesians 5.21, submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. When we are humble, we can see Christ in each other. And when we submit to each other, we are submitting ourselves under Christ in each other we are placing ourselves under the authority that he has placed on each other and i'm not talking about elders anymore i'm not talking about leaders and titles i'm talking about the authority that he has placed on every single one of us you are a child of the king of heaven a co-heir with Christ. You are his ambassador, bearing his name and his authority. Do you know what that authority is? 
He's the king of heaven. There is no higher authority in existence. And you carry that authority. So when, I'm, when I submit myself to you, under you, it is under that authority that I submit myself. It's out of reverence for him. So it's, it's not the, the mana or title that you carry within yourself. It's what he has placed upon you. And if we can't submit to that, then you need to understand you are not submitted to him. But when we honor each other, Christ is honored. When we serve each other, Matthew 25, Christ is served. When we love each other, Christ is loved. And God builds his church. See, biblical submission is not about one person having their way over another. It's about God having his way in us. And we need to let him have his way. Now I recognize this can be a, a difficult word to look to apply. I know that because of the battle this has been within me. Because if you know me, you know I am proud. It has been hard for me here. And it still is hard for me to let go of what I think I know and the authority that I think I carry to allow myself to come under others. And not just those who have been placed over me, like in an employment sense, but to place myself under the ministry of each of you. I believe in every word that I've written. I believe this is a word from God, but in my own life, living this out is a daily struggle. But I see victory in it as I allow God to renew my mind so that I can see Him in you, see what He has placed upon you. And as my hunger for Him continues to grow, I find myself driven to feed off what he has placed on you. And I want to invite you this morning to do the same from me and from each other. I haven't got any more platitudes. There's no platitudes here for you. This is a hard word to live. But it's one we chip away at. And I truly believe if we can humble ourselves before him and allow him to do a work in us, Humility will be built. And we can submit. And every time now I think about submit, I think about what I can receive. And I think about what he will do in that. That is what I wanted to offer you this morning. An invitation to receive more than what you've got. More than what you're getting. The blessing 
of God in this room right now is innumerable. The wealth of spiritual blessing, of material blessing, of love that is locked away in people is huge. And if we can only see that in each other and release it within ourselves to others, oh my goodness, I can't even imagine what this church would be like. But I know it'll be what he's asking for in Scripture. His bride, a church that will transform the world. How does that sound? All right, let's pray on that. All right, let's, um, let's, let's cross some comfort zones. Let's, um, I'm going to invite you to place your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. There's power in Scripture with, with believers and believers with authority laying on hands. And we all carry authority. And this morning I call on the power of God to release, to release love and release power and release spiritual gifts in our brothers and sisters here, those on which we lay hands. Release, Lord, in these people more of yourself. Release it to flow out of them and touch those around them and to build your church. Lord, I pray, Lord, for a release of humility, Lord, for a renewing of the mind that we can see ourselves and each other the way that you see us. Holy, set apart, made in the likeness of God, co-heirs with Christ, carrying your authority, Lord, image bearers. Lord, I pray, Lord, for a release of these gifts, Lord, and a stepping into the authority that we each carry, Lord. And I pray, Lord, you'd help us to submit to you and each other, that you would lead us in that journey. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Amen. Okay. Uh, I'm hoping that, oh, I believe that this has stimulated some things within, within some of you here. And if any questions came up, anything you're not sure about, I'm going to make myself available in the cafe now to, to discuss any of those things. I'd like you to take that opportunity if you, if you think that I can help with that. Um, otherwise, please feel free to flick me an email during the week, clayatherock.co.nz. I um, really want us to come to an understanding of these things, and I'll continue to speak to this a bit more next week as well. Uh, I don't know, Simon, what's going on? Uh, no, there, no. Uh, furnace this evening. Uh, we're going to shake this one up just a little bit. Uh, we're not going to release a study guide every week, but we're going to save that up for the very end so that we can focus more on what God's doing in the live environment and then supplement that with notes at the end. So, um, yeah, you'll, they'll be good when you get them. Uh, but you'll be great to see you tonight. Um, otherwise, uh, I uh, hope you have an awesome week. And uh, let's continue to look to bless each other. All right? Cool.